Welcome to the Resilience Podcast. Today we're joined by Briar Stewart, Community Manager at the Ice House and host of the Ice House Podcast. Briar is known for her deep engagement with New Zealand's business community, bringing real stories and insights from business owners and managers to light. Let's dive in. Welcome, Briar, to the Resilience Podcast. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. It is exciting. Looking forward to the conversation. Likewise. Perhaps you could share a little bit about yourself and your journey to be with us here today. Awesome. Sounds good. Great. Well, I am Briar, Briar Stewart. I am a big lover of people, of coffee, of Whitaker's chocolate, and building healthy community. And I think um, that's why I'm on this podcast today is I'm the community manager at the Ice House. And so that role is all around engaging and stimulating the Ice House network. And we do that through like events and podcasts, content, continuing journeys, and just supporting business owners. And so have had some amazing conversations with your classic SME business owners, which I have a real heart for, but we'll get into that later. I actually grew up in um, uh, with a dad that, that owns a business and so um, really feel like that was quite foundational to who I am today. Um, being around and in the presence of an owner-manager has really supported me in my journey now working for the Ice House where we work with owner managers every single day and just knowing what it actually looks like behind the scenes you know the good the bad the ugly the the huge wins and, and the hard days and so that's definitely been quite foundational to who I am. Um, I grew up in East Auckland and I am now based in Tauranga uh, and it's a beautiful city to live in really love it um, and so I bounce around a bit for work and currently up in Auckland today. Um, and then in terms of my career journey, I worked a bit for the family business that I was talking about and then have worked in events. So done events um, like around the bays, some some big sort of national events. And then I have now been working at the Ice House for three and a bit years. Um, love my role at the Ice House as community manager. And like I said before, events and podcasts is a big part of that. Um, it's funny because when I was younger, I said I wanted to be a kids TV presenter when I grew up. And although that did not happen, um, I do feel like I've had similar opportunity being able to host the Ice House podcast and um, have now had over 200 episodes across those podcasts and um, feel like I can share a bit around, you know, what owner managers are, are thinking and going through. So that's a little bit about myself. Excellent. And you never know, the TV presenter career could still <laughs> emerge somehow into the future. I still don't, yeah. haven't given up on my dreams of being an astronaut. So uh, <laughs> it's becoming more, it's becoming more and more feasible, I suppose, as we That's progress. true. That could actually happen, Brad. It could. Reusable <laughs> rockets. Maybe I could run resilience seminars for astronauts. Who knows? On Mars. Um, see it. Yeah. Anyway, why are you so passionate about supporting business owners and managers? Yeah, this has been such a growing passion for me over the last three years. And it's come from the more that I've spoken with, I guess. They really are the unsung heroes of New Zealand, of New Zealand business. They are the people that you know, they're okay to, they just have so much grit and resilience as part of who they are, their DNA. And so the more that I've spoken to them, whether on the podcast or just at events or 
just through general life. I've really had this heart grow fonder and fonder for the fact that they're they're in the detail of a business, they're passionate about their small, medium-sized business, and they're passionate about the people that work for them and with them. And so, yeah, I... And I think because of that, they take on so much responsibility to look after their people. Um, and it has not been an easy, you know, three, four years to be able to yeah. do that. And so the more I've been able to talk to them, I've realized that they just have the biggest hearts, that they really are the backbone of New Zealand, you know, New Zealand's economy. We, I think it's around 96 or so percent of businesses are actually small, medium-sized enterprises. So mm -hmm. it's a huge amount. And personally, I have noticed that, you know, a lot of corporates get support in different uh, in different ways, different networking opportunities, learning opportunities. Startups are fun. They're sexy. They're, they're the new up-and-coming thing. Um, but SMEs, you know, sometimes they can get a little bit lost. They're the unsung heroes. And so I like to say that I like to sing for them. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of been a bit of my purpose as well over the last three years is when I found that passion for them, how can I sing for them? Because classic Kiwis as well don't love to talk about their achievements or what's, you know, the good that they've done, but man, they have done so much good. So yeah, I, as you can tell, just a little bit passionate about ASME owners. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And for those of you in other places around the world who might not know this, the Resilience Institute was founded in New Zealand. And in fact, one of our first partnerships was with the Ice House. And it mm. has continued for 20 years as we've supported business owners and leaders. And that's where we drew a lot of our inspiration and refined our toolkit and our framework was working with these owners and managers and leaders uh, across our little country in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, it is. It is. What are some common challenges faced by business owners and managers? Mm, I think it's so interesting to me, but out of, you know, 200 episodes here and there, a challenge that always comes up is the inner belief in themselves and imposter syndrome are words that are used all the time in episodes. Oh, I didn't think I deserved to be in that room or, um, you know, I didn't um, believe in myself that I could be on the owner manager program, which is a program that the ISAS offers or um, that I could go to that networking event or I could speak at that event or take up that opportunity. And I think um, that can be a real challenge to the actual owner themselves to move past that imposter syndrome, to realize that we're all on a journey of getting better. We're all on a journey of developing our skill set, that we're not all good at the same things. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have a seat at the table and we can't, you know, give ourselves and allow ourselves to have that opportunity. So I think that is like actually a, a challenge sometimes for those classic Kiwi owners, leaders of these small, medium-sized businesses is to actually have the confidence to believe in themselves um, and to overcome that. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard a lot, you know, before the owners go on our owner-manager program, they feel like it's the first day of school all, all over again, you know. They're taken back to like being a five-year-old with the backpack on and sort of, will I make friends? Do I deserve to be in this room? And that's always mm -hmm. blowing my mind, but it comes up in pretty much every, if not every second podcast that I would record. And um, I do think that's a challenge to overcome. Um, 
but also there's been some huge challenges just globally and and in the market you know you've we've had staffing highs and lows in terms of you know can't get any staff and now there's there's mm. lots of opportunities um supply chain's been huge that's always been a big um talking point especially through covid times um natural environment in new zealand we've had some some huge um environmental challenges this year with mm. um yeah with with flooding and and storms and that sort of thing and so that has definitely been something that I don't think some owners expected and so there's definitely some challenges in that space and some things that have popped up thanks to to COVID the pandemic um, working from home is definitely another one you know like how to build culture while we're working from home has been another one so these are just some key challenges that keep coming up in, in conversation that business owners have been dealing with over the last couple of years and I think with that, all of them then go, okay, well, how can we innovate? How can we make sure that we don't stand still, that we, you know, it highlights the need to to be flexible, to be adaptable, to give technology a go, to, you know, to ask or, or be okay to ask for help. Um, and so, yeah, there's some opportunity, I guess, that comes out of challenge as well. Mm. New Zealand is in many ways a perfect uh, testing ground for new concepts and new leadership mm -hmm. styles and for application of many of the tools that we, we talk about because it is so small and it deals with these challenges and they're so real. I mean, there's not many other places in the world where to get a product to that location, it has to go on multiple ships and go across oceans. Yes. I mean, the, the challenges that our business owners deal with are, are, are not completely different but are sometimes amplified by our remote nature it's really interesting yes. to to think about that and yet we do totally. have this vibrant business community full of ideas and uh introducing new technologies it's it's quite amazing when you reflect on what goes on in this this tiny little part of the part of the world isn't it mm. oh we definitely yeah, there's something special about New Zealand. Um, and obviously I'm a little bit biased having grown up here my whole life, but we definitely punch above our weight for how small yeah. we are. Um, and, and community is, is a huge part of that. You know, we band together when, when, um, the flooding happened in, um, in Hawke's Bay this early this year, we actually saw so many of our alumni from the ice house. Um, and they, I didn't even really explain what the Ice House is. So I might mention that quickly, but the Ice House is a, um, a, essentially a business community, but also we offer programs and workshops and business coaching for SMEs, for small, medium-sized business owners and leaders um, in different ways and all across New Zealand. But we saw, because we've been around for 22 years, we've got this huge alumni base of community. Um, my role being community manager is to, like I said, engage and stimulate that community. So once they've finished up with a program, they can still feel part of something bigger than themselves and they can still have a network of people. And um, yeah, so these alumni of the Ice House band together when this flood happened in the Hawke's Bay and we saw people, you know, coming down from Wellington. We saw people um, bringing you know, food, donating money, bringing, you know, their staff helping out. We just saw the country band together and especially mm. business owners because they're just doers. They're just people that get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, no, It is amazing to see there really is that community spirit and yeah. people do lend a hand. Okay. So having interviewed 
over 200 business owners and mm. hearing their stories. What are some risks to business success that you've seen? Mm, yeah. I think, I think it's probably around the challenges, to be honest. It's similar to that, you know, if a business owner isn't believing in themselves, if they're waking up in the morning and going, I don't have any confidence to lead this team or, you know, and it's sort of a day in, day out recurring thing, that is a risk to business success. As, and, and that's, I think it can be lonely at the top. And that's why the Ice House business community in a way is so successful is we're bringing people together with this common feeling of actually it's up to me, you know, it's, it's, I'm leading this charge and that doesn't mean you can't have bad days and it doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable with your team. Um, but there is that responsibility, like I said, that they naturally pick up. Um, and it's so important for them to make sure that they are good, that they are receiving input, that they are looking after themselves um, to be able to then look after their teams and have that business success. So I would start with that confidence, that inner belief. Um, and then, yeah, that the the risk to business success is not innovating, I would say, fast enough is, is seeing something play out, knowing you kind of need to make a change. Maybe it's technology is a really common one for small, medium-sized businesses or digital opportunities, digital marketing, media. You know, things are, are rapidly evolving. And if you don't get on the train, it will, it will go. It will leave without you. Um, and so... I do think personally that that can be a really big risk to business success if we're not making those quick decisions around adapting to technology. And to make quick decisions, and this is one great thing I love about working at the Ice House, is you've got to be okay to make mistakes and to make them fast, move on, you know, um, deal with it, know it's not the end of the world, move on to the next thing. And I think that's what SMEs are actually good at doing. But if they find themselves holding back from doing that, holding back from adapting to technology and innovation, um, then yeah, I think that brings some some risks to business success in the long term. Mm. Interesting to contemplate the impact that that imposter syndrome has. And mm. people sometimes think, oh, you know, no one else feels this way. It's just me. I, I sometimes reflect on the fact that Everyone in those meetings might be feeling, why am I here? Am I really the best person to make this call, make this decision? You know, I don't want to speak up and say, for example, we should innovate. We should do something new because what if I'm ridiculed for, for that? Yeah. And just for those people listening, I spoke to a business leader a couple of weeks ago and they asked me, well, do you think I'm a good leader? And they described their traits and their temperament. And I said, it sounds like you're very calm under pressure and very level-headed and empathetic. Uh, how many people are on your team? And I think I mentioned this to you, 50,000. <laughs> and if someone Crazy. can be at that level and still question their ability to lead well perhaps wow. it can be reframed as uh, this is this imposter syndrome that we all experience uh, is actually useful because it just encourages us to be self-aware and consider the impact on others but at the same time hey sometimes you just got to trust yourself and your intuition yeah. is a powerful force yeah oh absolutely and that story is mind-blowing to me because 
yeah, it shows a scale probably of New Zealand versus the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, but to be directly, you know, managing, did you say 50,000 yeah. people? Can you imagine? Um, whew, yeah. But that, like you said, they obviously haven't got there for no reason to be yeah. in that leadership position. And I think that's what a lot of our leaders and owners need to remember is, you know, hard work, resilience, grit has got them to where they're at. They've just got to continue to back themselves and feel the fear, do it anyway, is what I like to say. And, you know, <laughs> I like that. Feel the fear and do it anyway. What are some other tools, mindsets, practices that have supported really successful business leaders that you've interviewed? Yeah, I've definitely seen some key themes here, but I'm going to bang on about community for a little bit. Um, being Please. the community manager, obviously very passionate about it, but I've definitely seen the positive impact of community for business owners that have lent into it. And, you know, when you think about what is community, it is people coming together over a common interest. And in the Ice House's case, it's it's business ownership and, and management uh, and leadership. And people are coming together. Like I said, it's lonely at the top. They want to be in an environment where other people understand what that feeling is like. And some of the events I have been to with the Ice House, some of the cohorts on that I've sat in where they're bouncing ideas around and someone's going through something really hard and they've been vulnerable and they've shared it with the group and everyone's just banding together, wanting to support this person. It is honestly magic. Like I call it mm. the Ice House magic, but I think it's just community magic, you know, is actually the power of of getting out of your world and talking to others that have been there, done that, or know someone that has, can connect you to someone within their community. Um, it's very, very powerful. And so I'm a huge believer in community and definitely think it's an intentional decision that business owners and leaders can make, you know, like they don't need to do this alone. They can step, there's many great business communities all across the world but for a community to work and for you to get something out of it, you've got to give something to it. You've got to show up. You've got to be yeah. intentional. Um, and I think that's really important. You can't get much out of a community if you're not sort of being engaged and intentional with it. And I definitely see that's a huge tool for business owners. And I know it's been crucial to how some have got through things like COVID. Um, another, a few other thoughts is having really great support teams and, and executive teams around them, building teams that support and lift them up. And where I see it quite interesting is when you have succession or someone's taken over a role or a business and they're functioning with the old owner's team. And that's where you can really see it being a hard dynamic and advice, you know, that I've heard been given before is, hey, build the team that you need, not what the old, old owner needed or the old leader needed. And once that happens, you can see the support, the tools that they have um, to really excel in their, like, in their leadership role. Um, another one is good morning routines. Those that have good morning routines, um, yeah, really, really important to, to leading and looking after yourself. And one I'll mention that uh, an alumni said on a podcast, which has absolutely stuck with me, is he treats home and his wife and I uh, and his wife and himself have had this conversation. He treats home as his base camp, and so home is his base camp. He gets fed. He, you know, he, he he's loved. He can be himself, 
And then it's his base camp to go out and to lead his big team and to be a leader within a big business. And um, I love that thought is how we're setting up home to be an environment that's a base camp for us that fills our tank and allows us to go out into the big wide world and to lead well and to lead strong. So yeah, there's there's a few things, um, but I'm, I'm just so amazed by the different habits that work for different people. Um, but I would say community is a big one. Mm, it's such a common thread that leadership can be lonely because mm. you're not necessarily friends and probably shouldn't be friends with all of your employees, although there, there are different philosophies around that. Uh, in my own personal experience, I've ended up being friends with many of the people I've worked for and with many of the people who've worked with me. <laughs> I don't really see it as a hierarchical thing. Um, but it certainly can be lonely it's because others are not necessarily experiencing the types of pressure that you're experiencing. So financial pressure or stakeholder pressure or whatever it yeah. is, innovation pressure. So having a community to fall back on is important. And many leaders would think, I don't have the time. I'm so busy doing this, working on this business or in this business. How am I going to have time to connect and hear stories from other business leaders? But from my experience and obviously from yours, it's one of the best things you can do is prioritize that connection with like-minded people. And uh, net communities such as the Ice House are incredible for doing that. I've seen these yeah. amazing friendships form amongst the uh, the, the participants. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of them would say like they got so much from the the learning and the you know the the we have lecturers come in and you know experts in certain subject matters come in. They get so much from that, but they just what unex I think an unexpected thing that they get from it is the lifelong friendships and the connections that they make with peers. Those, you know, funny enough, all from different industries, but are dealing with similar opportunities, challenges, you know, things that make it hard to sleep at night um, and they can, you know, band together and support each other. And so I think it's an unexpected thing that you can get from, you know, doing training or doing some learning development as a owner leader as well. Mm. It's more than a training program. You're actually joining a community of practice. I love that because- yeah. A training program, it has its place and there's a, a reason for it. And I, well, with Resilience Institute having been a part of the owner-manager program for such a long time, mm. you know, there's there's real merit in going through that structured approach and reevaluating what's important for you and your business. Um, but then having that community afterwards to sustain the change, I think that's the game changer. Yeah, it is. And I wanted to mention as well, you know, the Resilience Institute has been an incredible partner of the Ice House. And in so many, um, and so you guys have, have have different individuals come on and, you know, yourself included, come and speak to these cohorts of, of business owners and leaders. And so many people in the podcast have mentioned when I asked them, you know, what's a key takeaway you've got out of the program? What's something that stuck with you five years later? You know, it really is, okay, the sleep, the, the training that you guys do and the support you do around how to actually get sleep. That is so yeah. underrated, but so important for business owners and leaders to sleep well, to function, to lead well. 
Um, and the breathing exercises always comes up as well. When, now when I go into a stressful meeting, I check my breathing. I actually know what that means. I know what to do. I can do it quickly. It's those sorts of practical um, tools and habits that are constantly coming up in, in the conversations I'm having with with these amazing people too. And that's that's thanks to you you guys and, and the wider team and, and Dr. Sven Hansen. Yeah, all credit to Dr. Sven. I can only imagine the impact he has had on New Zealand business as well as businesses across the world as we've expanded. Yeah. But particularly here, uh, and he's almost a household name, at least in the business environment. Yeah. You know, I went to a doc, I'll often start off one of my workshops with who's been to a resilience workshop before? And there undoubtedly be one or two people who are like, I saw Dr. Yeah. Sven uh, 12 years ago at wherever <laughs> they were working. And, and it is, with you. <laughs> it, it does, it does. And these practical tools, although maybe we hear from them here or there, or, you know, it's hard to find tools that you can one trust that are actually research based. And there's some, it's not just someone's opinion and two that are really practical that you can just apply in, yeah. in your life starting now and the other thing that we've done and perhaps i'll link in the show notes is many studies so that we've actually got the data business owner managers start here before they engage in any training with the resilience institute and ice house and they end up here and it's some of the most dramatic results we've ever seen you see improvements yeah, wow. like 50 plus percent in overall well-being. Uh, it blows your mind to think of what does that yeah. mean for a business leader when they wake up feeling a little bit more fresh and they've got mm. that extra energy to uh, apply themselves to a, a really challenging problem rather than delaying it. And then they've got yeah. some time to go for a walk at lunch and then as you said, I love that idea of base camp. They, they mm. return to base camp and they properly relax, balancing their performance with care. I mean, these are simple yes. things, but one trend I've noticed, I'm sure you have too, is under pressure. The first thing a business owner, manager, and any leader will sacrifice is their own well-being. Yes, absolutely. That is so true. And... It's it's hard, and especially those that haven't had training, like through something like the Resilience Institute. Yeah, it's it's the first thing to go because they do deeply care about the people in their care and um and the and the employees and the people that work for them and rely on them. And so they essentially, yeah, we do see that that people sacrifice their own well being. But it's interesting you say that because yeah, there's. We also release sort of impact stats every year around um, the impact that the Ice House has. And a couple of years ago, we got some some feedback going because obviously we cover things like growth of business, economic impact, um, all that sort of thing. But we got some feedback being like, can you mention something in there about well-being? Because one of the biggest things I got out of the Ice House program was now I actually look after myself. Now I go on a holiday a couple of times a year. Now I sleep, you know? And so we've added in those, those stats around how has the Ice House sort of supported your well-being, and, um, and this year's is, is yet to come out early next year. But yeah, like, like you can say, incredible numbers uh, and impact that we can see um, resilience has on owners and leaders, yeah. Excellent. And we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So imagine I'm an aspiring business owner. I'm out there thinking, you know, I want to own this business. I've got a great idea. 
Um, but I'm not sure what to do. What skills should I develop? You know, any advice for someone in that position? Because the whole startup thing, as you mentioned, is trendy. Everyone wants to be a founder. Mm. But being yeah. a business owner it comes with a whole lot of responsibility. And it's not just the boring stuff like tax and admin and invoicing, which at the start of your business as a leader, you're going to have to do. Uh, mm. uh, but it, it goes beyond that. So so any tips for someone who's aspiring to become a business owner? Yeah, yeah, totally. A couple of things. Um, I remember some, something my a family member has has said to me in the past they own a business and they they did their degree in finance and they're like that was they, they own a finance company that was really helpful um but i should have also done people management or management because sometimes we can uh and i see this a lot you know business owners are so uh they're building businesses around their skill set around what they're passionate about but when you build a business, you are building people around that. And then, then there comes a point where you need some people management training and, and development as well. And so I think if you're you know, aspiring to be an owner manager, yes, like look at something you're passionate about, but look at how you can develop your leadership and management skills because that will so support you. you know, hire people that are good at things that you're not good at. That's not a weakness. That's an incredible strength to be able to hire those that are good at things that maybe you're not as good at. That will form such a balanced team. And then to know how to lead them well, mm. uh, how to develop your team, how to build strong culture, that is powerful. So care about that from the start because, you know, you want to start how you want to continue. Um, and so, yeah, think about that from from the beginning, from those early days. But then also I would say find your why. You know, what is your bigger purpose when it comes to this business? What gives you fulfillment? Don't jump into an industry because, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm personally passionate about let's jump into industries that we're, we're passionate about, that we feel a sense of purpose and a, a drive towards because they will be the most sustainable long-term. They will be the businesses that stick around. So have a think from, from early on, you know, it's kind of like Simon Sinek, start with your why mm -hmm. and then build around that and then find your people, find the people that you get excited about building something special with like I said, hire those that, you know, have talents where you don't and then watch some exciting things unfold. That's such mm, that's great advice. I really like it. You know, your purpose is probably going to remain quite static over the years. Yeah. If you think of Google, Google is still a tool that uh, filters and enables you to discover information that you need. And, um, yeah, that hasn't changed, even though the business model has changed dramatically. So I, I really like that idea of starting with why and developing mm -hmm. those people skills because, and don't assume that you know everything. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a good guy. I, I interact with people. It tends to go quite well. Well, managing a team is something else altogether because that's when mm -hmm. developing empathy as a competence rather than just relying on how you've always functioned might be useful yeah. when learning how to have courageous conversations. I mean, that's something that I've found, especially in New Zealand, assertiveness and courageous conversations are a real challenge for many people. 
yes yeah oh so true it's yeah yeah I think it, it's it's not easy is it to have a hard conversation to have a courageous conversation but it's a crucial part of leading and yeah I, I think it, it is so so important so yeah agree mm, mm. thinking about 2024 for those of you who are tuning in sometime in the future we're at the end of 2023 which has been a big year it's had uh, ups and downs new zealand has had a change of government as well yeah. as natural disasters and all of the other things that have gone on in the world any tips for an owner manager to boost their performance into the new year i would say continuous learning is so so important um, you, you don't know what you don't know, and that is okay. And so if you're, if you're at a certain point, and actually what I was, I was going to say before is when I'm at a barbecue, and I'd lost my train of thought, but when, when I'm at a barbecue, for example, over summer, and someone's going, so what does the ice house do? I say, okay, so you might have a plumber, and they're passionate about plumbing, and they're good. They're a really good plumber, but they as they build this business around them, they realize I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the plumbing anymore. I'm actually leading the team. And so if you're looking to boost performance in the new year as well, I so would encourage you to hire people to do things well, and then to go on a journey of learning how to manage people well, and to continuously be learning and developing your skill set in that area. And so, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. That is completely fine. But maybe 2024 is the year that you can find out. And so continuous learning is, is definitely a big one. Um, of course, I'm going to say lean into networking, lean into community. You'll be, it will absolutely surprise you what you get out of it. You'll be able to look back at the end of 2024 and say, wow, I met, you know, this person and this person that unlocked this. You know, we've heard incredible stories of people that, met each other at a at a breakfast or on on the owner manager program and now they sit on their board or they've merged businesses and they're in business together or they're now gone off and started their own business together it's incredible stories come out of community mm. so actually be okay to jump out of your comfort zone know that most people in the room have and network in 2024 this will totally boost performance it will it will support you in your business growth for sure um, but then also I would say take a good refresh and reset over the summer holidays. Take some time off, take a deep breath. I know the Resilience Institute have done some incredible content even recently with the Ice House, but on your own platforms around how to actually enjoy a summer holiday or enjoy the, the Christmas break. Take that time off to reset, to enjoy time doing things that fills your tank and I think through this process, you will have clear vision and you will be able to set goals with a clear mind. And this will absolutely boost performance in the new year as you can have a good, you know, be honest with yourself, have a good hard think about what you want 2024 to look like and then set some fresh goals. But I think it is important to celebrate what this year has been, you know, look at what you've achieved pat yourself on the back, raise a glass, have a moment that fills your tank, take some time off and then get excited in the new year to um, do some impactful work and, and, you know, things that fulfill you. So I think all those things will, will boost performance in the new year and will, um, you know, support business owners and leaders. What a great selection of 
tips. I agree wholeheartedly about taking some time out because if mm. you've practiced being stressed, what we should call it distressed all year, or even just you found yourself in that state of hypervigilance, constantly jumping from task to task to task, even in the last five minutes before you fall asleep or not, you're going to continue yeah. practicing the same things in, in the break. So really be deliberate about oof, give yourself some space, calm the nervous yeah. system and reflect on what went well. As you'll remember in the, the session I ran for the Ice House a few weeks ago, I talked about fulfillment being the number one factor supporting the most resilient people. That's part yes. of our research from 2023. So really stopping and asking, what am I proud of? What went really well? What would I like more of? Uh, what mm -hmm. can we celebrate as a team before we all go away? And I think a lot of businesses do this. They have award ceremonies and they acknowledge people. But then to keep that going all yeah. year long, like acknowledging yeah. the good, uh, seeking out gratitude, hunting the good stuff, because that's what keeps us motivated and keeps us moving in the right direction. We're all going to make mistakes and things are not always going to go as planned. But yeah, great tips uh, for, for boosting our performance in 2024. Who do you mm. admire, Briar? <laughs> Honestly... I admire my family. I admire my parents. They have, um, you know, built an amazing business. They have, they're just true owner managers in terms of how they care so deeply about the people that work for them and have over the years for the impact that they do through their business um, and just for the way that they treat people. So, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, my, I'm, I look up to my parents in that way and to my wider family, to my husband. Um, there's definitely different business owners that I really admire, you know, whether that's in the industries that, that I really love. Um, we have a podcast, the Ice House podcast, which, which talks to um, all of our alumni. And then I host another one called A Seat at the Table, which is all around diversity and community within business for the Ice House as well. And we've had some amazing leaders, um, Cecilia Robinson, um, yeah, different, different people on there that just fiercely follow what they're passionate about. And I think, to be honest, it doesn't matter who you are, anyone that is fiercely following what they love and what gives them fulfillment I can just tell that in a conversation and I can tell when they're living in a fulfilled space and a fulfilled zone so those are the types of people that I really admire those that feel the fear and do it anyway and have fun and don't take themselves too seriously but I am in a very privileged position where I get to have a conversation a week with a business owner and every single time confidently I can say I come off that call or out of that room just going wow I get to do this you know for a job I get to hear these incredible stories so yeah parents family and and all the SME owners I get to chat with and leaders yeah mm. yeah I I think that passion is so important and I was in a workshop about uh, who knows three months ago where there was someone in the audience uh, and she came to me afterwards and I'd presented a slide that shows how to reframe uh, potentially destructive emotional states. And one of them is fatigue. And we mean that chronic fatigue, that mental fatigue. 
you know, we all get there sometimes. Some would call it burnout, although mm-hmm. from a resilience perspective, humans don't necessarily burn out like a car that's been overused or a candle that's, you know, completely gone. We, we, we are regenerative systems. But when I mm-hmm. showed this tool for reframing fatigue and activating passion as the antidote, she said, that's the missing piece. And it turned out she's the founder of a really large uh, online digital business in, in Zealand. And she said she forgot about the passion. It's just been all grind for the past yeah. few years. And when she saw that, she thought, okay, what I'm going to do is refocus on the why and ignite yeah. that passion. And I really admire that as well. When I hear stories like yeah. that, and to see them go forth and refocus on the company's purpose and the values which we'll use as lenses for making decisions so that we increase trust and we align on our objectives. I mean, that gets me excited as well. Yeah, I feel so true, Brad. It's awesome. I feel I just scrape by Gen Z. Like I just get in there in terms of being part of Gen Z. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm hanging on to that. But um, no, I, I, I definitely think the generation rising up cares a lot about the the purpose behind what we do in our work worlds. Um, that is right up there in terms of what is important to us when it comes to work and benefits is waking up every day and feeling like we're contributing to this world that we um, you know, are bettering it, making a better place, have that sense of purpose to what we do. And so I definitely think anyone that's doing that, admire, you know, I definitely admire them. And then the only other point I would say is the grit. And I love that word because I just think it sums up small, medium-sized business owners and leaders. The grit that I have seen of in the good, bad and ugly, taking one step, you know, forward each day over the last four years, which have been really challenging for business owners. Um, I am just blown away by by the the resilience that takes from 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 owners and, and leaders is to actually wake up every day and go, yep, we're doing this again. It's not going to be easy. I have to have this courageous conversation or, you know, I've got financial pressure. I've got to let people go, whatever it looks like. I am, you know, I hugely admire um, these owners and leaders for those reasons as well. Mm. Apparently I'm a late millennial, which is good. I'm <laughs> glad I don't go into the, the next bracket. Um, yeah. Just, a, just a, a question. As a business owner who might want to employ or recruit people from Generation Z or Generation Z, for those of you in the U.S., uh, how can you really engage a younger person? Because you hear a lot of people saying, oh, you just, they're just so hard to please. But I don't think that's quite the case. I think you touched on a sense of purpose is really important to younger people. They don't want to just be there biding their time. It's quite different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a great question. Um, I, yeah, exactly that. I would just say, for me anyway, speaking from my experience, I have always been driven by roles that have had a deeper meaning to them than just me, myself, and I. You know, something that I can contribute to, something that even in the hard days I can wake up and go, well, am I having an impact on this person's life or I've been able to use my my gifts for for a bigger purpose and i would say that that is just the wiring of of generation z so if you're wanting to 
you know, know how to reach them. It's definitely having a conversation. And I've been having some really great ones with some different business leaders in the space around what does the business need and what does the employee need and how can you match that together? Because it's, I think where we can get a bit frustrated is going, well, we can't just give employees everything they want. And I completely agree with that. And seeing the behind the scenes of how hard it is to run a business, there needs to be understanding from the employee as well, that there is a business to run, that there's financial pressure that comes with that, that there's decisions that need to be made and there's jobs that need to be done. So what does the business need? What does the employee need or, or how do they thrive and then if you're having if you have a thriving employee uh you're going to have a thriving business if all of your employees are thriving and doing their best work right so entice them with purpose-driven work um stuff that has a bigger impact than just themselves and then have an open conversation around what the business can support them with and that may be things like flexibility and you know trust and not micromanagement, but really, you know, believing in them and instilling that belief in them and letting them fly. It might be things like that. But then also having the conversation is, cool, well, what are the expectations for the employee to then give to the business? Because I respect that. I, I, I would say I'm a hard worker. I love what I do, um, but I work hard for the companies that I work for. And I believe, you know, many others in Generation Z are, are the same. But yeah, it's that purpose-driven stuff that, that gets us excited to do our life's work. Mm. And look at the impact that you can have. Um, yeah. The work that you do is so impactful and I'm sure it inspires so many people on their journeys just to be able to tap into a podcast and hear someone else's story. I will include links to both of your podcasts in the show notes. If people can access them, uh, will they awesome. be able to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love you to listen in. No worries. Yeah. Wonderful. And yeah, thank you for for distilling some of those risks and challenges and, and supportive practices into such a simple format. I'm sure that's going to benefit people out there in our resilience community. Any final thoughts for the community that we have and the world? Oh, yeah, I would just say, well, if you're listening to this, you're you're obviously um, within the Resilience Institute community in some way, right? You're engaging with their content, you're leaning in. And so, well done, because the, it's an amazing organization that, that you guys have, and you're doing incredibly impactful work. Um, but for those that maybe are on edge, um, or nervous, or have imposter syndrome, like we talked about, or or a lack of belief that they deserve to be in the room or have a seat at the table, just know that you do, that what you do every day as an individual um, has meaning and you deserve to put yourself out there in 2024 to join community and um, to, con to contribute. And when you contribute, you will start gaining so much more in return. Um, and so my last encouragement would be if you're not part of a business or resilience or, you know, some form of community and you feel like, oh, this conversation has kind of got me thinking about what communities I could lean into. I encourage you to start small, go to that first event, tune into that um, webinar, whatever it looks like, and just see as you contribute what you will start to get out of it as well. And life will be a bit more fulfilling for you. So yes, obviously I am obsessed with um, the power of community, but I encourage you to give it a go in 2024. What a great way to finish off. 
Raya, thank you so much for investing the time in us today. We really appreciate it. And thank you all out there. We'll see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thank you, Brad. And thanks to all the listeners.